When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I just wonder why it is that we don't give ourselves the same grace. I can be both things. I can want myself to be a better person. I can want to evolve the flaws that I have. I can want to, um, you know, change some things about myself and still be in love. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Human to Human, the show that connects truths and bridges the gaps between our human experiences, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I'm so glad you're here. This episode's special guest is Netflix chief marketing officer, author, and all-around badass, Bozema St. John. Bozema and I talk human to human about radical self-love, different layers of grief, and an upgraded definition of professionalism. Before each episode, I give a few recommendations inspired by the conversation you're about to hear. I share a song to add to your playlist, a book to check out, and a reflection question inspired by the episode. So here we go. This episode's song to put on repeat is Mood Forever by Beyonce. This week's read is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, which might make you cry because everything Brene Brown makes me cry. And after you listen, reflect on this question. What is the last thing you forgave yourself for for the first time? As always, leave your thoughts in the comments or at humanhumanseries.com. Now, let's get into my conversation with powerhouse Bozema St. John. We met in 2016. I looked at our first text message and I could not believe how long it has been of us covering each other, completely sending love back and forth, completely showering each other with praises, completely seeing each other. It's very emotional because I was like, oh my God, look at all this magic in a thread. So I just want to thank you so much for being here. Oh, I appreciate that. Wow. You know, I hadn't even considered to do that, you know, but you're right. It's like we went back and looked at all the text messages. It's it's really just a love fest. Yeah. You know, it's just affirmations. That's that's really what it is. Oh it's of affirmations. That's what that's what <laughs> you know, it's like it's like very little less going on in there. It's just like, girl, I love you. I know girl, I, love I love you so much. You're amazing. I love you so much. <laughs> incredible oh keep going you know i'm so proud of you that's what the that's literally the thread when i say that was over years over years five girl i was like wow bro this is special this is really i love that i just love yeah i love that so much and it's funny because you know when you're getting ready for a chat or a conversation with somebody of course you do prep and Mm -hmm. i was having this moment of why do people or why does Bose have to remind people about mm-hmm. loving yourself and about standing in her ground? Like, why does she, not that you have to, but why do people get so shocked? People are like, she loves herself so much. That's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't understand it because I see and resonate so much with your magic. And I'm like, I don't get it. And then yesterday I finally clicked that you show people how much they've abandoned themselves. Ooh. You show people Ooh. the parts of themselves that they have betrayed almost you almost trick them into reloving themselves. You mm. usher them back into giving themselves permission to be. Mm. And mm. then it clicked, oh, that's what her role is in this world. God. Mm. Yeah. Well, now that you've synthesized that, I guess uh, we have nothing else to talk about because that was pretty articulate. <laughs> I, it just was very clear to me. It was very clear. 
Wow. Yeah. You know what you know what the gift is really even in just that is that um you know, I think it's very rare actually to have someone really look at you and see you. You know, see you enough to deduce what it is that you're here to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are not very many people who've done that for me. So mm-hmm. uh that actually makes me feel very emotional. Thank you for you're taking the time, you know, uh, to even consider and ask that question of mm-hmm. yourself and then answer it for me. That's- <laughs> I was like, she doesn't have to answer it. I just want to no, know. Why people no, no, it's such a gift. It's such a yeah. gift. You know, I take yeah. it as a gift that, yeah. um, you know, you would deduce it and uh, give it back to me. That's, um, it's really, really amazing. So if nothing else out of this conversation, that is a gift and I will take mm-hmm. it. Yeah, thank you so much. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. How do you train yourself in your knowing while still being an unknown sometimes? Mm. Gosh, how do you train yourself in your knowing while you're unknown? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Is that like you're not unknown. You're known from birth. Mm. You're known to somebody. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. No, I think that sometimes you get so skewed in thinking that... Um, you know, strangers and, you know, people who don't actually have a real function in your day-to-day existence uh, are the ones who carry the burden and sometimes the power of knowing you. It's so funny. I just actually had this conversation the other day about that, you know, about I was being asked about building an audience, you know, and, and what that takes and how you do it and all of that. And I was just like, you know, it's like, you, gosh, well, why is it that we spend so much time trying to like get to know other people like strangers? We don't spend the time, right? With strangers, not not get not spending enough time getting to know ourselves, getting to know people around us. Like that's the true mastery. You know, even to the point you just made about me loving myself. It's like I know me. And I really like me. Even for the things that are not nice <laughs> and are not cute sure. and are sometimes problematic, sure. I love anyway. I love me like I would love a lover. You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. when you, you love a lover in the way that you don't even, like you, you think their flaws are beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know? Have you ever been in love that way where somebody you know, had like some whatever, you know, and they you're like, still, you're like, I'm here with you. you I still, with them. Yes. It's, 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 like, gorgeous. it's like that, it's like that um, duet right now where it's like, you know, you put up the picture of you, like your significant other, or whatever. It's like, I'm going to stick by him. You know? Uh, right. Yeah. That's him. my man. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. man. I'm going to stick by him. You know? And it's like, we don't say that to ourselves. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like that knowing of who you are with the flaws Mm-hmm. With the parts that aren't nice, the parts that you aren't proud of. Yeah. Love yourself like a lover. <sighs> yeah. Be it's funny love. because it's funny because marketing, which is your field of work, but marketing has done a really good job of making sure that that wasn't sold to us. Hmm. Like it's, you got to unlearn everything from one through 18 and spend the rest of your lifetime relearning the love for yourself and how your knowing was already there, right? It's, yeah. it's wild to me. As soon as I came across that journey in my spiritual walk, I was like, why, why play us? Why, why, why do it? Why right. even allow us to go through it? So I wonder, are there ways, any age group, to protect ourselves from how the world and society shows no. us to love ourselves versus how we have to train ourselves to do it? No, no, because that's, it's been, 
You know, my father uses the term time immemorial. It's a very African dad word. Uh, But that, but it's, it's the best way to say it, right? It's been happening since time immemorial, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on your belief of creation or evolution, you know, if you believe in, in the story of uh, the Bible, for instance, which, which is what I'm going to draw this example from, you know, it's like, look, uh, Adam and Eve compare themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, compare themselves to each other. Right. Adam was jealous of Eve and her knowing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then yeah. and then had to get the knowing himself. Yeah. And then they were both kicked the hell out of the Garden of Eden. <laughs> you know they were both booted by God. Uh, and so, and so even if you want to take, uh, you know, a story like that, whether you believe in it or you use it as like, you know, just theory or a good old story, um, it is very old, <laughs> the story right. is told for a long time. Right. And so imagine that since potentially the beginning of time, we have always compared ourselves to somebody mm-hmm. else and not seeing ourselves as the best version, you know? And, um, you know, I'm a woman of faith and uh, I do believe in God. I believe in the stories of the Bible. And um, and all of those lessons are are things that I think about all the time. You know, it's like, if I, if I believe I'm made in the image of God, why would I not love myself? Yeah. You know, why would I compare myself to another person? Because look, they are also made in the image of God but that's the beauty is that there's so many different facets. And so to not love myself is so disrespectful. Very it's really an abomination. Mm, take it there. <laughs> and so I, yeah. And so I, I see it as deference. You know, I see it as, as true praise, like loving myself and being bold and loud about it. Yeah. You know, is, is actually in deference to God who created me. Exactly. And so anyone who says, oh, gosh, you've spent so much time. I just, whoo, girl, she won't stop talking about herself. <laughs> yes. Do you know who I am made in the image of? Mm. Why would I not praise that? And honestly, you should be talking about yourself. You should be. You should be. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Be talking about yourself. You should, you Worried should about me. Awe, you should be in awe of yourself. Exactly. You should be so in awe of yourself that I'd be standing here looking like, dang, yes, you're right. You bad as hell. <laughs> you know? So to me, it's like, you know, I, I, I love the thought of, you know, loving myself and being in love sure. with myself. Not sure. just loving, being mm-hmm. in love. Yeah. 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 I like, I like the liking of yourself as well. The liking of myself, the liking of ourselves, because I think what you mentioned so beautifully was the flaws and all, and all part. Right. And I think of the, the constant training of learning not to hold on to a fear or shame thought because it's easier. It's the devil we know versus the devil we don't. It seems like the devil we don't is pure love. The devil we don't is genuine I'm going to rock with myself. I'm going to rock with this lifetime. I'm going to rock with who I am, body, soul, spirit, regardless. Have you ever found yourself holding on to the shame because it was 
easier than the other thing? And, and how oh, yeah. long did it take you? Yeah. How long did it take? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, there, there are lots of things I still, I still look at and I'm like, Oh girl, you could get better with that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's the, that's the most amazing thing is that, you know, they don't, they don't have to be opposites. You know, yes. the idea that you want to improve does not stand in stark contrast to liking and loving yes. yourself. Yes. You know, again, it's like if we just use that relation, if we pretended it was another person, right? And somebody that you love deeply, you like a lot, right? And there is some aspect about them that you wish would be better. You wish it because you want them to be better, but you don't dislike them or you don't stop loving them. You know, you can do both things. And so I just wonder why it is that we don't give ourselves the same grace. I can be both things. I can want myself to be a better person. I can want to evolve the flaws that I have. I can want to, um, you know, change some things about myself and still be in love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Have you, has anyone told you their reason for why they haven't? Cause I love that question and something that you and I were trying to answer, but also as an audience, it's like, why don't we do that? You're hmm. very curious. You talk to so many different people. Has anybody shared with you? Honestly, why this is why they don't? I don't do it. Right. Why, why they don't accept themselves or why they don't love why themselves? Why they don't fully, yeah, lean into themselves, oh. lean into, yeah. Mostly it's, it's shame and fear of rejection. Mm. You know, that's, that's mostly where it's coming from, right? Mm. Because um, they don't want to expose that part of themselves, even to themselves, because they're afraid that in doing so, it will appear to other people. You know, as if somehow them not acknowledging that part of themselves keeps it from other people. It's kind of like, you know, I use a lot of analogies, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. if you've ever been in a situation where you're trying to shield somebody, you know, you're hoping that nobody sees them behind you and you just kind of stand there like, you know, if you ever had siblings, especially younger siblings and y'all got in trouble and then you stood in front of your sibling like, (laughs) no, no, they're not here. Right. (laughs) You know? And then sometimes this is what actually becomes so bad is that sometimes you know, even in continuing that analogy, you see the little feet, the extra little feet behind the person, or you see their pants and you're like, mm, I can see somebody standing behind you. Right. It's the same way that people can see through you. Mm. They can see that there's somebody else back there. They can see that there's some flaws back there. You just over here standing in front of it, pretend like it doesn't exist and they can see it. And that's what turns people off. You know, right. so if you really want to attract somebody to you or you really want to attract people to you, then you showcase all of that. What is the point of pretending like they don't exist? I mean, you've seen those people. You're just like, you big dummy. I can see that the little feet right there. Instead of being like, well, look, here they go. Stand right here next to me, hold their hand. Yeah, here we are. You know, and it's so much easier. I'm not saying it's 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 any less terrifying or um, that you are less vulnerable in standing and, and letting the world see the things that you don't like so much about yourself. I'm not saying like put it on full display. I'm not saying like stand that thing in front of you, but letting it exist beside you is the better option for sure. It's so gorgeous because I think allowing ourselves to be loved for who we're not is actually the worst thing that could happen. And so just the truth of what you said of allowing, be loved for who you are. So the souls that need you can find you. Yes. So the souls that are looking for you can find the real you. That's right. All that other stuff is like really tiring. (laughs) Oh, totally tiring. And just so, so much a waste of time. You know, it's like the tiring part. I also wish that we could appreciate some more, you know, because I I think it's become so second nature that you don't realize how much time you actually spend trying to hide that thing. 
from other yeah. people and yeah. how draining it is. Like once you let it go, you know, people feel like they just, oh, you know, breathe a sigh of relief, like let it all out. You know, it's it's yeah. like wearing a, a pair of pants that are too tight and then you unbutton that top button and boom, you're like, <laughs> oh, thank God, you know, like that. And you didn't even realize how much time you were spending. Yes. Do you, do you have a story of that breaking point where you're like, I'm going, coming home, I'm taking my bra off, I'm letting loose, I'm over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, one big one was the moment that I realized that I would not stand up to the uh, theory or the reality of what a corporate senior executive should look like or be. Mm -hmm. That, that was for sure a telling moment, you know, and realizing that like, I just needed to release it. I had been holding on so tightly, you know, to that belief system because everyone else had it too. And everyone else was trying to achieve it too. Uh, And there were lots of people who were seemingly achieving it, who didn't look like the type, Mm -hmm. you know, but could do it, could sort of Mm -hmm. fake the funk and get Mm -hmm. there. But they weren't Mm -hmm. living authentic lives and they were tired. And I, I was, you know, in a situation at a job that I got, you know, a review that told me that I was not living up to the expectation. Um, and look, and I, and by the way, up until that point, I had been trying very hard. It wasn't like I was dialing it in. I mean, I was committed out Mm -hmm. here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Speaking the, talking the talk, walking the walk, dressing the part, Doing all that. That's why I hate terms like that. Mm. People say dress the dress part. Dress the part. Fuck what? Oh. You know what I mean? I'm like, how is that going to help me? What part is that? <laughs> explain to me what that part is. Just just go ahead and open up the definition and explain to me of what that, that part is. Because you know what that part is? Some bullshit. Mm. That part has nothing to do with me. It wasn't written with me in mind. It had nothing to do with me. No one even envisioned me in that description. Mm. And so when I got home that night, I mean, look, I, I won't pretend like I'm superhuman. I mean, it crushed me, you know, right. crushed, crushed all the hopes, dreams, aspirations that I had for who I thought I could be in mm. that space, you know, just thinking that like, oh man, you know, I want to be an SVP and I want to be a CMO and I want to have power and I want to have influence and I want to have all of these things, but I'm down here at the bottom and they're telling me that I'm not going to make it, even though I am trying with everything that I have and I'm not, they told me I can't have it. Mm. And I, I decided to burn <laughs> that image you know, and I was just like, okay, well, here's a, now a heap of ash of mm-hmm. that dream, you know, and, yeah. and what is incredible, of course, now looking back in hindsight, is that I burned down that dream and replaced it with a different one. Yeah. I didn't even know that's what I was doing, you know, and I wish that all of us could take a match and burn down this expectation. Absolutely. Even if it's your own dream, Absolutely. even if it's your own dream, burn it to the ground because somebody has lied and told you that that is what you were supposed to expect. And you thought it was your dream. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you, it wasn't your dream. If it was your dream, you'd be able to achieve it. And so just that knowledge alone, that I was not going to be able to achieve it, told me that that was not my dream, even though I had dreamt it. And so, yeah, burned it down, burned it. I, I mourned it, 
I cried over it. I agonized. I was like, oh, you know, that moment where you're just like, well, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And I replaced it with a different dream. And I was like, all right, okay, 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 okay. If, if I can't have that, then what am I going to have? Sure. And then I had to replace that with me. Because there's nothing else. There's nothing else. <laughs> and again, Stacey, I'll be totally honest. Did I think that doing that would get me to this seat? Absolutely not. I didn't think so. I was just exhausted. I was simply tired. And I had already burned down that dream to the ground. So of course I didn't think it was achievable. I just said, well, shit, you know, if I can't, if I can't have that, then I'm just, I guess I'm just going to show up tomorrow being this because they don't like it anyway. I'm not going to do. Okay. So I showed up wearing what I want to wear, talking the way I want to talk. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. Talk, sitting in the meetings and giving the expressions the way I want to give them, using my experiences, drawing on those, and I was so much happier. Oh, you know when they say, like, you have zero Fs to give? That was my moment. Yes. And I think it scared people a little bit and also inspired them. And that became my magic. That is... Ooh, I'm sure we're all taking a deep breath on that. It is, it is amazing to not only feel you, but know, experience your knowing in real time. Like I, I, mean, I have a relationship with you, so I know it, but it, it's just something that I'm like, you just spread an, another level of knowing to, I hope everyone listening and watching and hearing those words, because mm. we think that there's this grieving process that immediately when you said that, I, I, I thought about the grieving process. I think we've all dealt with, with grieving whoever we were in 2019, whatever we thought about in 2019, who we thought we were going to be in 2020, where we are in 2021, all of those different things just popped in my head as you were talking about it and burning burning that to the ground and burning those different versions of you to the ground, what was the grieving process like to accept yeah. that next stage and even to look for a new dream? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's just it. You know, it's like, we have to honor the grieving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't just, you can't just bandage it over, you know, it's like, you've got to give it time. And so again, I won't pretend like this was like some overnight thing, like it happened. And then the next day I woke up, I was like, oh, that's right. it. I'm just right. going to be... You know, it's like, no, I, I agonized and cried. I thought about ways to get it back. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thought about different ways in. Like, right. okay, well, maybe that didn't work, but maybe this will work. Right. You know, I thought about all of that. Uh, I thought about, well, you know what? Maybe the version that I thought was going to win, it wasn't going to win. So maybe I should try a different version to get to the same goal. I, when I tell you I tried it all, I really, really did. And so even in the recovery of myself and saying, you know what, I'm just exhausted. I can't find a solution. So I'm just going to be this for the time being until I can find it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. actually the freedom that I, that then I was able to find it. It is in the letting go. You know, it's, it's with yeah. all grief, every kind of grief. And you know, like I've had personal, you know, yeah. grief as well. It, yeah. it is not until you surrender to it. And it is so scary to surrender because you don't know where the bottom is. You know, like you're sitting there, it's just like, oh no, 
You know, we all want some modicum of control. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, you know, when we think about dreams and aspirations that you've had to burn, you know, in order to find something else, it's so scary. Because who wants to give that up? You've invested so much time and energy into it and you don't want to let it go. But that's the the freedom of it. It's like, I wish, I wish I could give that to everybody, you know, that people could really feel what it's like to be incredibly free. You know, you would never look back. I promise you, you would Mm. never want that old thing. You wouldn't. Mm. Gosh, I'm, it's making me think about, you know, you've changed different jobs, you've experienced different companies. And I wonder, do you have a grieving process between this version of you, this Mm. new title, another new title, whatever it is, different companies and how Maybe somebody right now is walking into this next half of 2021 and they're saying, okay, it's time to grieve whether I'm in a job or this was my title or this was the way I saw myself and not allowing that to stop them, right? Grieve it properly, but be willing to take the next leap. And you have shown us publicly how to take different leaps. You've literally said, I quit because I didn't like it. I quit because I wasn't the best. I quit because it, I mean, you have said it and it is like phenomenal. And I want that to be something, yes, you have already given us, but can you elaborate there on not allowing that grieving process to hold us back? Yeah. Well, I think that's, that. I mean, the, the part of it that we should go deeper into is the surrender, mm-hmm. you know, and not being afraid of our own grief because, um, you know, I mean, even in my resignation from Endeavor to go to Netflix, mm-hmm. I cried that day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I cried with Ari Emanuel on the phone as I resigned. <laughs> um, and you would think that I would be like, oh, this is so awesome. I'm right. This bright, beautiful new job. This is amazing. Um, but I had to grieve the person, the opportunity, the dream that I had for my time at Endeavor. You know, that was what those tears were about. Mm-hmm. Not about you know, what the potential was for the next thing. We sometimes skip that part and it is so unhealthy. You know, I wish we would take a second to just say, you know what, that thing didn't work the way I thought it was going to work. And let me just take a second to grieve it. Let the tears come, feel badly about it. Because again, this duality, I think we, we think that they are opposites. You know, I can be excited about a new opportunity and still grieve the loss of the dream that I had for this other thing. Those two things can coexist. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. You know, just because you're excited about something doesn't mean that you don't wish you had this other thing too, Mm -hmm. or instead of, or you wish it had worked, you know? And so that's for me, the, the real unlock is like, how can you sit in both of those spaces? Because it is really in, in, in honoring that, letting go that surrender that grief of the opportunity that really allows you to fully walk into the other thing yeah Yeah, because that happens all the time it's why people need so much therapy you know if you had if you don't deal with the thing that you just lost you cannot fully be engaged in the thing that you're going to gain a part of you will always be stuck there and so why do we think that we can move on from one thing to the other to the other to the other you know without dealing with the loss You know, it's like when people quit a job out of frustration or anger or disappointment, you know, it's like, at least for me, I wasn't quitting for that. I was quitting for a new opportunity, but I still cried over what I thought Endeavor was going to be Mm -hmm. and the experience that I'd had there. Mm -hmm. Um, But even when people quit out of frustration and anger, um, 
unless you deal with the loss of the dream that you had when you first entered, you will not be successful in the next place. That's a fact. That is. I think we're scared of that time. Like you just said beautifully, we're scared of not showing up as the next thing, showing up fine. I'm not sure why. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's a certain culture that promotes keep going, which hopefully we're stripping ourselves from that. But I'd love to also ask on the topic of grief, because you just mentioned personal grief as well. You've been very public about the um, grieving process with your late husband, um, with your first child, with different experiences with your uh, father-in-law. You've been so beautifully open about those experiences. And I always wonder how do people show up as a safe friend when their friend is grieving? Mm, I I just love the friendships that help people go through. But the truth is we don't talk about the skill of helping someone grieve or being alongside them or knowing when to call or check in, or is it drop soup at the door? Is it just sit with them? There's so many rules to it. And as we all have gotten older, as I've experienced such gorgeous friendships, Mm -hmm. I really have so much, like, I don't want to get that part wrong. Now, you know, we're all learning and figuring it out, but I get nervous for the day that somebody really close to me grieves or what I grieve or what I might need or what they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love your perspective on being a good and safe friend during times like that. You know what I always find so interesting about that, and you're right. I've been through, <laughs> I've been through enough of it that um, I've been on the receiving end, and um, I think that always surprises me about folks who I know have the right intention, you know, and want to support, is that they assume they know what you need, mm-hmm. and they don't ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like any other kind of relationship, right? It's like, you should ask, what do I need? What do you need? How can I be here for you? How can I help you? You know, instead of this sentence that I, I'll be here for anything you want or anything you need, should you need me? You know, it like closes it off. It ends the conversation. That's not it really doesn't mean saying. anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Like I'm here if you need anything. No, 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 no. Turn that into a question. Yeah. What is it that you need from me? How can I help you? And if the person says, I don't know, because they're overwhelmed, make some suggestions. Would you like me to make you dinner? Do you need me to go pick up the laundry? Do you need me to write a note to everybody who you saw or who has given you flowers? Uh, Would you like me to come and hold your hand? Do you need Mm. me to make your bed? Would you like me to do the dishes? Should I call your boss? Do you want me to go through your email? Should I go through your voicemail? Should I just sit quietly? No, you don't know. You don't need any of that. You don't, you don't want any of that. Okay. I'll call you tomorrow. Is that okay? Can I call you tomorrow and ask, ask questions, you know, don't, don't just make the closed statement and end it there because then the burden of responsibility is on them. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To come ask you for the help. Now you've given the burden to them. Yes. Versus you doing the heavy lift. Ask. Just simply turn it into a question. That's all. It's actually not more complicated than that. That's so good. If we were willing to communicate at that level, just asking, the simplicity of 
really where communication is, is just being able to ask. But we're, I think we're afraid to do it wrong. Like I said, like even me, I'm like, I want to make sure that that's something I'm not just prepared for, but just learning the skill of, because I recognize how many skills we don't actually have as human beings when it comes to communication. Oh, for sure. For sure. We don't ask. We don't ask the questions. We make uh-huh. assumptions and we make statements. You know, we don't ask questions. I mean, think about even the relationship in a corporate environment or in a career, right? Mm-hmm. How often do you think people ask their boss, how can I help you? Never. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. And never happens. <laughs> Practice that. You know, how can I help? I, I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, you gave me this project. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm doing that. Don't worry. I got that covered. How else can I help? Mm. Where uh, you working on an email to your boss that you need help with? You need me to draft it. You know, you need some information on that. Like, how, how else can I help around here? Because you know, I just I just want to be helpful. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we don't turn that around or our partners. You know, you have a a relationship, a romantic relationship. How often do you ask your partner, "What do you need? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. How can I love you better?" Mm. You know, we don't ask. And so maybe that is part of the unlock is just being vulnerable enough to know that you don't know the answer. Absolutely. And therefore you should ask the question of the person. And maybe, maybe they'll be able to answer it. You'll be surprised how many people have an answer for you. Mm. Uh, And maybe part of the fear of asking the question is that you don't know if you can deliver. Um, I was about to say the inadequacy. It has to be the human fear of being inadequate. Yes. They're going to ask me for something that I can't give them. Well, you know what? Be honest then and be like, ooh, I can't do that. Um, how about if What's I B? do this portion? <laughs> yeah. or, or, or say like, what about if I do this portion of the thing? Would mm. that be helpful to you? Would that be better? Because at least I can do that. Okay. And then when I do that, then maybe we can figure out what's the next thing I could do that could help. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, life is always a negotiation. And so how do you manage all of your relationships in being vulnerable and then negotiating how you can be more helpful in life to the people you love? Yeah. Wow. Imagine if we lived in that nuance, if we were willing to really drench ourselves in that gorgeous nuance, that's what human to human is guys. That's what we, we actually get to do that. But again, we're so societally conditioned to do the other thing. And I'm like, it's not working, guys. It's not working. <laughs> Stop doing that. Not working. Yeah. Uh, how has vulnerability showed up for you, not only per- professionally, but personally? What, where are there moments where you're like, okay, I'm, I mean, you're a mother and you're having to watch new stages of your daughter get older and she needs different things. She wants different things. She might not be able to communicate yeah. it. You need different things. Yeah. And yeah. of course at work, you have a, a wonderful high position. You still need things. You still have questions. You still don't know everything. Mm-hmm. How do you battle with your vulnerability? And does your ego show up in the midst of it all? <laughs> oh, yes. All the time. You know, all the time. But I think that that's just it, is that vulnerability is such a tricky thing. You know, it's not a destination, right? Yeah. It is a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's ever-evolving. You know, it's like it's like always waking up and not knowing where in the hell you are. <laughs> you know? And be like, hmm. You know, it's like, choose your own adventure type. Right. You know, that's what vulnerability right. is. It's like right. there's right. no there's no end in sight in it. And it changes so often because the set of circumstances change all the time. You know, you're not always the same type of vulnerable you are with your partner day to day because circumstances have changed. As you said, it's like my daughter grows and, you know, different things happen where, you know, we have to be vulnerable with each other. 
Yeah. Uh, I do remember the night, you know, after, um, you know, the phone calls had died down and my family had had all gone back home, you know, after my husband had passed away and she was sitting there um, or actually sleeping, you know, in the bed next to me and um, just trying to figure out what I was going to do, you know, with her <laughs> because I was like, oh, I didn't plan on being a single mother now, you know, and she was uh-huh. four. And I was like, what do you, what, what, what did I do? I, I, what's that? Where's the handbook for this? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, realizing that I really had no idea. I didn't have any idea. I think I had always just assumed that he would be there. And so we would figure it out together, even though no, neither of us knew what in the hell we were doing either. But at least there'd be somebody else who, right. who also didn't know. And then I could bounce things off of him and he could bounce things off of me and we'd figure it out. Right. You know, um, and I'd never considered that that would no longer exist. And so I looked at her and I woke her ass up and I was like, hey, look, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. I have no idea. I'm lost and confused and I'm sad and you're going to have to help me uh, to mother you. <laughs> and she looked at me all kind of bewildered and confused because she was four and asleep. <laughs> Mom, it's three. Exactly. And she just, and she's just so sweet. She just said, okay, okay, mommy. Mm-hmm. And she went right back to sleep. You know, and the thing is that what's so funny is that obviously she had no idea what I was talking about. She wasn't agreeing to anything. Of course not. You know, I don't, she can't recall that conversation today. Right. But what that did for me in the moment um, was allow for my vol- my vulnerability to be affirmed, mm. even by a four-year-old, mm. uh, and to show that I can do that, you know, that I can, I can be vulnerable in that. And so that has become a habit, you know, even in my parenting. Yes. With her and being able to be vulnerable and talk about the times when I am scared and sad and, you know, um, confused and unsure. Right. Because it's like as a parent, you're always supposed to be sure. Right. You're supposed to know where you're going. You're supposed to know what you're doing. And sometimes I react to stuff and I'm just like, girl, I don't know why I said that. OK, I don't know why I reacted like that, but I did. So just go on ahead and let me just deal with this right here. OK, sure. I, don't know, <laughs> right. I don't know why I felt that way, but I feel it. Okay. And I can't explain it right now, but go on ahead and I'll just, I'll be over here. Mm. And it allows for a much stronger relationship, you know, because then you don't have to pretend so much. (laughs) Yeah. And what's your love language, both? Oh gosh. You know, I find it so difficult to answer the question because I feel like I have so many things. I find it hard, you know, to like subscribe to any one of, how many are there? Seven or something like that? Five. I think five. five. Yeah, see, that's, that's what I'm telling you. I don't even know. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, look, I uh, I think I am different things at different times, mm-hmm. at different stages. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like sometimes I need acts of service. Sure. Sometimes I need physical touch, sure. you know? Like, it's all it's all the things. I feel yeah. like all of us are all of the things. Just right. Depending on the moment, you need more of one thing or another. And that's why um, I find it hard to answer the question because... Uh, when when I am asked and it is someone who's asking who wants to perform said love language, mm. um, they think that that's the only thing that they're supposed to do. And you're just right. like, and then that's going to cause issues down the road because you're like, but I want to be touched. Like, you never said that. You're like, well, damn. Okay, so that's my love language. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Before you know, you're like, oh, you got all uh, of them? Yes, 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 I do. And sometimes I just need that. You know, words of affirmation, give me them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, can you figure out a way to do all five at like 
per month at this time. I mean, literally, again, nuance. If we it's can just so hard. To the nuance of what a really, the complexity of being a human, it really, it'll yeah. be better and safer for all of us. But yes, it takes time to do that. Uh, it leads me to thinking, uh, what's the last thing you forgave yourself for for the first time? Hmm. For the first time. Hmm, that is such a, that's a very interesting question. Um, let me think about that. You know, cause I feel like I forgive myself for so many things all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a constant act of forgiveness because I, I'm not perfect and I do so many things that I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. You should do, you know, you should really do better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I don't know if there was a, a first time that I've done something recently mm-hmm. versus continuing to make mistakes that I've made and learning to forgive myself even for those, right? Because that sometimes feels harder because you're like, damn it, you did that again? Did again? Mm-hmm. You ain't learned yet? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. So I'm, just, I'm, I'm conscious that um, repeatable offenses also need forgiveness and grace. Yes, yes. Is it a journal moment for you? Is it a self-talk moment? Is it a mirror? Is it a walk? No, it's, it's immediate. It's in my head. Yeah. You know, yeah, immediate. Uh, because I, you know, I, I'm now very used to my own self-talk. You know, so um, I, I'm used to hearing the voice. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I acknowledge right. it. You right. know, so right. it's very, very familiar. Right. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, "This is ludicrous." But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. So I know immediately I can call myself on it. You know, it's like, I'll say something and I'll think it and I'll be like, girl, don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let it go. It's fine. It's the wrong thing. It's okay. Go ahead and apologize though. Go go, go say I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. We we did already talk about grief, but before leaving that topic, I I would be remiss not to bring up that the Derek Chauvin, um, the trial came out today, and that he got 22 years, and it felt like a nail in the coffin. Not the final, because 2020 had a lot of nails and a lot of coffins. To be honest, but it yeah, right. So I don't know. It just it made me feel like I I'd be remiss not to bring it up that that is a part of grieving as well and grieving that experience, grieving that, um, all of our emotional reaction, grieving, just everything. Yeah. Go ahead. Grieving. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, actually I just wrote something about it. Um, because, you know, I said time doesn't heal all wounds, you know, because I don't, I don't believe in, you know, final nails and coffins, you know, cause there's no closure. It really mm-hmm. isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having a conversation with my sister once about a relationship that she had, um, platonic relationship and, uh, you know, the, a dissolution of a friendship. And she was saying that she needed to have the one last conversation for closure. And I was like, for what, what, what closure, what closure are you looking for? Mm-hmm. You know, we use that term so much. Like I need this thing in order to close it. 
I need, I need to be able to have that conversation. I need this thing to happen, or I need to get that item back or whatever the thing is, whatever that, um, you know, creation, that idea that you have for what is going to take in order for you to have closure. Yeah. It's like, sometimes you got to bury that, you know, you got to give that up. You got to surrender that idea mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there is no such thing. You know, time is just so fluid and time doesn't heal all wounds. You know, wounds aren't healed over. They still exist. It's why we have scars. You know, it's just like this, the wound is just underneath the surface. Yes, there's something, a layer on top of it, which reminds you that the skin is not the same. This space is not the same because it was hurt. You know, and so why do we think that like closure will smooth everything over? It's a scar. There is a physical reminder that something happened here and was traumatic. And so this is not like that. There is a scar here in the middle. Mm. And so the same thing, even with the trial and with how we are as a country or a nation, a community, a world, this is a scar. And we're not going to be able to just go back to normal or no. you know, tomorrow it's like, okay, now he's in jail for 22 years and we're going to have to keep him. No, no, no. You know, Gianna will be 29 years old when he is released, if he f- serves his full sentence. Mm-hmm. 29 years old, you know, and she will probably still feel the same pain. She'll probably still feel the same hole. Her scar will still be visible. Absolutely. You know? And so to me, it's like, you know, we just have to figure out how we live with the wound, the scar, how do we live with it? Yes. You know, it's the same across every type of grief that there is. How do you live with it? And how do you thrive through that grief? Yeah. How do you transform out, out, out of it? How do you not necessarily leave it, but how do you make sure that the grief propels you into the next thing? Because grief yeah. is also a gift as much as it's a weird, painful thing to say, but it is a gift. For sure. Yeah. 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 A lot. Ooh. Okay. Making a quick pivot. Uh-huh. How do you describe professionalism? What's Bose's definition? <laughs> Ooh, this is a trick question, isn't it? <laughs> Possibly. <a> <laughs> professionalism, professionalism, um, professionalism. I don't know. That's a really tough question because I feel like it's a combination of um, a real deep understanding and expertise in one's chosen field. Mm. You know, and being able to express that with confidence. Mm. That to me is professionalism. And so it has nothing to do with how you appear or what the role is or the job is. You know, it could be any number of things. But if you have true mastery, you know, of your chosen field and you express it with confidence, that's professionalism. That is good. (laughs) That is good. No, it's really good. We needed that. We needed to change the game because I, I, I recognize, and I think for a lot of us specifically, I'll speak on black women talking about what professionalism comes to them as and what they show up as. And obviously Mm -hmm. we have talked so beautifully about that conjunction and how it's like, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. This corner wasn't built for me. Right. And so I got to go find another place where I can define what, what professionalism is. And you've done it so beautifully in your career, but I wanted to kind of add a new perspective to that because I think I also know that you're not a fan of pay, uh, pay your dues that phrase which no 
I'd love you to talk about that because I thought that was so funny. You're like, pay for what? Why would I pay for that? And I was like, how do we communicate that while we're trying to communicate our value? Whether we're working in a company, whether we're working with different people, whatever it is. I thought that was so interesting. I'm like, well, then how do we communicate? Because we are used to these phrases that have been taking us, you know, the society is just built and put so much stacks on. And then you're like, oh yeah, I do pay my dues. I do get paid less than I deserve. I do do because it's, it's the norm. And it's just like, we're here to break that. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, part of the reason why I describe professionalism that way is that it then allows us to just be, mm-hmm. you know, because then you don't have to live up to somebody else's expectation. You know, we're going back to the beginning, you know, of how we started this discussion, because being held up to a standard, whether you created it or somebody created it for you is a sure, sure way to failure, you know, because you won't meet it. I don't know why we think we'll meet it. You know, it's part of the reason, I know you didn't ask this question, but it's part of the reason why I don't have a 10-year plan because what if I fail at achieving that plan? Am I a failure? Right. Well, of course not. You know, I just achieved something else. (laughs) That's the whole thing. There is no failure. I just achieved something else somewhere else. And so when I think about professionalism, I'm like, how do I achieve the highest version of experience and expertise in my chosen field and express it in a confident way that other people can learn from that. You know, so that has nothing to do with the way I dress. Because mm-hmm. look, I, I'm a can lion jury president. I showed up today with my shoulders out, okay? Purple <laughs> eyeshadow. You can't see it, but I got on some booty shorts, okay? Yeah. But guess what, though? I'm like, I'm the expert. I'm the expert. I'm the president of the jury. I know exactly what I'm doing here. And I can express that with confidence. And so if you make a judgment on me based on all of this, then that's your problem. That's not my problem. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that I, I've been having this ongoing debate now, which I don't know how I got into the middle of it, but about bonnets and bonnet wearing and all of that. <laughs> That's interesting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We have a lot of baggage on that one. I'm like, um, what's the debate? Oh, the debate is whether or not you can wear it in public, you know, whether or not you somehow unprofessional or sloppy or messy or something like that. And I just think it's a, you know, crock of shit because the thing is that like replace bonnet for any other word, replace bonnet with braids, Replace bonnet with red lipstick, replace bonnet with too tight skirt, replace mm. bonnet with anything. I mean, gosh. Your facial expression. Oh, all of it. I mean, my hand gestures, <laughs> my gold chains, my earrings. Uh, replace bonnet with any one of those things. And yes, mm. I'm sure we can find a way to express that that is unprofessional. But it doesn't matter that it's for me, like it's yeah. for me to define. Yeah. Yeah. Last month, somebody told me your facial expression attacked me. I said, were were they being serious? Dead serious. And mind you, I had never heard anything like that in my entire life. I was with a friend of mine. And so she, she's, she just like, her eyes just got so big. And I said, I said, you know what? I want to be here with you in this moment. I want to have a human human exchange about that, but I can't, I can't speak to my face attacking you because I didn't attack you. So I just want you to know, like, I hear you, but I cannot speak to that. And she that. immediately was disarmed. And my friend was like, how she, she was like, how the fuck 
how did you do that? Right. Because she would have lost it. Well, she was planning to. And I was like, it's cool. Right. This person has a very like, interesting perspective. I was like, nah, nah, we're let's just gonna go there. We're not even going to do that. So bonnet, red, whatever it is, it's yeah, you're right. Is, you know, and, and also I think that, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, you get to a certain station in life and then all of a sudden you can like throw off. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Thing You can start talking the way you want to talk. You can, you know, start wearing what you want to wear. And that is not true. Here's a public service announcement. You are who you are right now and you will be that forever unless you change it right now. It is not about waiting until you achieve some destination. You know, like that's that's not where you all of a sudden make the change. Who you are right now is who you're going to be when you get there. That's what's going to happen. So what you need to do is begin practicing that release. Start unshedding, you know, like shed the things that you don't want. So that by the time you get there, you are so much lighter, Yes. you know, because how are you going to fly if you're weighed down by all these expectations? Do you think for one minute that there are not people who think I should be a certain way in this job mm-hmm. with this title? They don't have an opinion about how I should show up. You think they think I should show up like this? You think they, you think, they think I should show up on Instagram in a bikini with all the things hanging out? No, of course not. But I didn't. Get up and say, oh, you know what? I'm the CMO of Netflix. I'm just going to show up the way I want to show up. No, the way I can do that is because I've been doing it. Not because I woke up yesterday and started doing it. So if you want to have freedom, start acting free right now. Guys, I I don't really, I I don't usually get stumped, but uh, I am just letting you know, this is me stumped. (laughs) Wow. Um, I think it's a, an incredible thing that gives people the permission. Again, I'm really into passing permission slips. I think there's about six or seven around this classroom as we speak. And that last one is so pivotal to where I believe this next half of 2021 and onward can go. If we truly are willing to value ourselves, to Hmm. see ourselves, to love ourselves and to choose ourselves into this freedom you're talking about. Cause it's not easy, Bo, is what you're saying. And I'm like, okay, can everybody hear her? It's not easy. It is not easy. And it is a daily practice. Like I said, it's not like you just wake up and then you're that. You have to do it continuously. You have to choose it. You know, it's so much easier to be locked up in the prison of the expectations of other people. It is much harder 
to pick up that key every day and open it up and step out, it is much, much, much harder. Yeah. But you have to do it because that way that you get used to the freedom and then the prison actually feels like prison. We have so many right. people who are sitting behind, locked up in the expectations of other people and they think that's freedom. They're, they're, they're so used to being caged up that they don't even know what it feels like to be outside of that. Because then the freedom feels like a threat. They're like, ooh, what's all this wind? Look at all this space. Right. Look at all this, this room. This room to be who I am. It's, it's too scary. Let me go back into the box of, of being, you know, everybody else's expectation is so much safer there. But you know what? If you come out every day, if you try it every day, you will get more used to your freedom than you will to the box of the expectation of everybody else. And then you will want to live in your freedom. That's where the true happiness, I'm telling you, it's the unlock. Yeah. It's the unlock. It's the unlock. It's living life urgently, people, living and urgently. I love that. I believe that everything in the physical realm starts in the spiritual realm. And so what spiritually have you either advanced, elevated, learned, changed, that has now in the, even in the past 12 months showed up for you in the physical because mm. everything you're saying, it's, it's such an, I think it's just an exuding of the spiritual and I'd love yeah. to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I just think that I'm, I'm so much more connected to myself right now, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, if we go back to where we started, it's like, I believe I made an image of God. I believe God lives within me, not without me, within me. And so being better connected to me and truly living that way makes me able to actually do all the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. you know, I find that people struggle so much, right? You hit a wall, you're like, oh, I can't seem to break free. Well, you know what? Usually the external wall is just your inside showing up outside. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, and let me try that again from a different angle. It's like, if you are feeling like you can't break to the next level of the thing you want to do, go inward. Don't go outside. It's not there. That barrier you feel, those connections you can't seem to make, you know, those yeses you can't seem to get, it's not them. It's you. <laughs> it is inside. And so to me, it's like that connection with what I have going on spiritually inside, you know, when I start to figure out like, okay, and again, usually it's built up in fear, you know? So it's like, what am I afraid of? What is this thing really making me scared to do? Why am I nervous? And why am I afraid to not show up as myself? What is the thing that is stopping me from doing that? When I can answer that question, woo, everything unlocks, I'm telling you, still. Everything moves out the way. So I think in the physical manifestation of that is actually the life I'm living. You know, the things I'm able to do. It's like I'm involved in so many things and I get questions. People say like, how are you able to manage so many things? I'm like, because I am totally and 100% in full alignment with myself. Not with anybody else. I'm not in competition with anybody else. I'm not chasing anybody else. I'm in full alignment. And therefore, it's like when I feel like something is not happening, I go in. I don't go out. I don't try to figure out what that thing is going on out there. I don't try to figure out what's the other angle I can get to that thing. Uh-uh. No, no, no. I go in, inside. Mm -hmm. What is the thing? Clear that up. And before I know it, I look up and, oh, look, I'm free again. 
the path is open for me. Oh, that's right. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing space together. I'm going to ask you one last question. What is the book that currently describes where you are right now? Mm. The one I'm writing. You better. You, ma'am, that, the mic, we got to use the mic for the interview, but <laughs> I'll drop it right after we're done. Wow. Yes, ma'am. Living, the title is Live Life Urgently. Yes, the Urgent Life. The Urgent Life. Urgent Life. Yes, the book I'm currently writing. Are you surprising yourself in that process? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because like so many things, you know, it's like it's a memoir. And so I have to pull from the past and retell it. And it's amazing what happens when you look backwards and lift something up and look at it again from a different perspective. Mm. Man, if there's anything that gives me confidence in myself, too, it is the power of transformation and evolution. You know, if, if you're not afraid of it, I would challenge everybody to, to stop for a second and just look at where you come from. You know, go out and pull out an old memory and just hold it up and look, look at it. You know, examine it. Think about the person you were at that time, the decisions you made. Man, it's so, such a beautiful thing. So you know what, Stacey? I know that the person that I will be in 20 years is going to be so much better than the person I am right now. Ooh, I can't better. wait for her. You better. Ooh, she's going to be fierce. So Ooh. I'm excited. I'm excited about the future and I'm excited about who I am. I am going to be. The last permission to slip everybody. Bosma St. John, my friend, you, my mentor, you're so wonderful. Thank you for sharing space together and for being here with me. You are a dream. You're a dream realized. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the time. I really do. Thank you so much for the honor of asking me uh, to share this space. I do appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. So thank you. You're welcome. Mm. Love welcome. you. You're Love the best. You. We're Love back. You. We're going back to our affirmations and text. I'll see you over there. <laughs> right? <laughs> see you on the text. <laughs> I'll see you on the text, Fred. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Human to Human podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, and while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like as long as you share it. Stay connected between episodes at humanyhumanseries.com where I'll be answering this episode's reflection question. You can also stay connected to our community on Instagram at human to human with Stacey Ike or with me at One Take Stace. Not one like the number one, one like the only one. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and remember, we are not what we do, we are who we choose to be. So. Let's be curious, let's be in community, and let's stay connected. This episode was produced by Stacey Ike, Tracy Lincoln, audio engineer Jarrell Jones, and special thanks to our guests and the entire team at Stacey Ike, Inc. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.